AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. Hi, welcome to the AI in Action podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kelly. Today on the show, we have Thomas Carver. Thomas is the head of data at Aclamio. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me here. For people listening that don't know much about Aclamio, you know, tell us a little bit more about the business. Yeah. Okay, so Aclamio is a referral marketing company. Actually, we are we are market leader worldwide right now in referral marketing. We do this as software as a service. So uh, what we basically do is um, we build referral portals for our partner companies, such as PayPal, Vodafone, Endesa in Spain, like bigger companies in uh, in, in finance, in insurance, uh, energy market, like different sectors and they use our product uh, integrated into their website and uh, on that portal then customers of our partners can create referral links give them to their friends and uh, when when one of their friends clicks on a link we track that when the friend makes a purchase at that partner we track that also and then we can basically attribute that purchase to the referral link and track a reward so the partner will give us some money we will forward the money to either the guy who made the referral or the guy who made the purchase or both of them that's totally up to the program but basically we we deliver the whole service around that so um, the portal that we built is branded by us so we have a design team building branded portals uh, special for every partner uh, we do we do the whole accounting of of the rewards, the payouts of the rewards, customer service, uh, consulting for the partners with campaigns. All that all that belongs to it. Okay, cool. What was the state of the company's data when you first came in? What did you do? What uh, did you see? Well, basically, when I when I came in, there was no data department. There was uh, basically just a database, uh, the production database and a, and a copy of that. Uh, and the people in the company, the business people had queries uh, to, to generate reports for their partners, but they really all did this on this one database. And uh, the data that they had slowly uh, was, was outgrowing uh, the power of the database. So the queries were not always running anymore. It was kind of hard. Everybody had different queries. So also the data that they got out was not always the same. And yeah, that, that was basically the state of the, of the whole thing when I, when I came in. And uh, at the same time, we also started to, to introduce new, new other systems like Zendesk for customer support, like Salesforce, a few others as well. And um, so we, we had a problem that we had a few knowledge silos each of them had their own set of data, but they were not connected. And um, that was basically the reason for, for us to deciding to go for a data warehouse. 
um, which should act as the single source of truth. Like that, that is the, the whole vision of the idea was bring all those data sources together and have one place where, where all of the guys can, can query their data and they should get the same results when they, when they do that. And we do all the aggregation behind the scenes. Um, another problem with, with what we had was that this database that they were querying was very technical. It was yeah. our production database. So it was meant to drive the production system. And so it was meant for developers and not for interpretation by the business people. So they, they always had to ask, oh, what does that field actually mean? What does that mean? How is it, how is it technically going? And in the data warehouse, you can basically make a translation into business language. So that was, was the second thing that we, that we aimed for, that when we query something that there are actually not, not bit fields with zeros and ones in there, but uh, fields that say, yeah, this guy is a power seller and this, this guy has that and that function. Um, and yeah, so with the data warehouse that we, we build it on Amazon Redshift, which is quite, quite fine because we don't have to host everything. Um, we had A, the, this whole thing with business language, we had much faster queries because it's suddenly parallelized and we can just scale when we need. And yeah, we could also clean data. We could take data out that's, that's testing data, that's maybe faulty data and uh, really have a clean data set and um, consistent reports. Yeah, and then the other thing that we introduced next to the data warehouse was um, dashboarding engines so that, you, that we actually could visualize uh, what we have, all the data that we have, and that we could also filter interactively because you cannot expect everybody in the business unit to be like fine with querying a database and knowing all the language and doing it totally right. And um, with dashboards, you then also have um, a thing that you can show to the partners. You can have visuals that make all your evaluations much better understandable. Right. <clears throat> so it was, it's a big ask to come into a company and, you know, move from just one database to introducing the data warehouse to introduce the dashboards. What, what was the biggest challenge um, of all that? I, I would I would say the biggest challenge was not even the new infrastructure. I was pretty free in planning what we what we want to do and all that. But the biggest challenge in the beginning was actually to understand all the data that we accumulated already. Like the whole Aklamu data model is is massive. Like tracking tracking rewards, tracking the people who follow, um, make make sure that the right reward is is assigned what what if bonus rewards come in for people who do multiple referrals um, people who refer for multiple partners and all that there are so many scenarios that are complicated and making a proper evaluation out of that is only possible if you really understand every piece of that of that data model and this is actually still a challenge for every new data guy who comes in, the first thing they always have to do is basically not learn data, but learn Aklamio and learn how, uh, how all that works, all the in and outs. And then they basically can start with data because otherwise they, they would just produce nonsense data by, by 
putting some algorithm on the data, but they wouldn't even know what the data means that they that they ingested into that algorithm. So that was was kind of the first uh, and biggest challenge. Yeah, and then the second challenge basically was to decide for which data warehouse do we want to go. Um, do we actually need a data warehouse, which which became clear pretty fast? Which dashboarding engine do we use? That was in the beginning Tableau, which is super powerful and gives you a lot of stuff um, right right from the go. So you can just, just start and uh, drag and drop and evaluate stuff. The next challenge was basically to actually get the data into the data warehouse, like really, really connecting to all the data sources and starting to build reliable pipelines. That was, I think, I think one of the most, uh, yeah, difficult things. Yeah, so, so that kind of brought me to, to my next question where you were saying about, you know, building the pipelines. But I suppose, how did you determine? It was a complete new task for you. Yeah. You haven't done this before, but how did you say what was, what was best practice? How did you evaluate it? How did you make these decisions? Yeah. Well, well, most of that was really, really um, two things. One, one source, of course, was the internet. Like data is, is a pretty, pretty young field still. And um, all the people in data are also pretty tech affine. They, they are posting blog posts, medium posts, all that. So you find a lot of resources in the web um, to, to actually educate yourself. Um, I spoke to, to others, to, to heads of other companies, what they did. Like we, we, we of course, have a little network of, of companies in Berlin that are also facing the same challenges. So I got their opinions. I went to conferences. Uh, conference actually really, really influenced me a lot, especially um, one that I liked, uh, the ODSC in London uh, was really, really useful one. Now, I have a question on that for people who are listening, but wouldn't attend conferences. Did you attend the conference with a plan or did you just show up? I, I basically just showed up and the only thing that I was really keen for was the, um, the practical sessions, basically, where, where you actually not only listen to some guys say, I did that, but uh, where, where you have a workshop and really, really work on some stuff that is pretty fresh still and experiences and get, a, get an idea out of it if you it's helpful for your current problems or not. That that was basically really a big, big helper. Aside from, of course, talking to all kinds of people, but really getting getting to try something um, that that is shown from from guys that know what they do is is the biggest learning experience. And I would I would always recommend to do that. Also, like meetups, all those things could also work pretty well. But I would also always always go for pre practical stuff like have somebody who knows what he's doing show you how it works yeah. and then maybe get a second and third opinion on that yeah look that's good i think it's great and i'm a firm believer in networks you know well um, yeah. so yeah so, but, but look, i suppose you also mentioned to me when we spoke before that you know introducing the data pipelines it wasn't as smooth as it could have been you right. know, like, tell me a little bit about that. What, what were the learns or, or the key takeaways yeah. that if you were to go back and do it now, 
what would you what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I mean, I can I can tell you first first about the journey that we made, yeah, and and then also why we why we sometimes changed our minds. Um, so what we what we started off with is um, it was only me building building a pipeline. So I thought, okay, I need I need a tool that works right away. And uh, after googling a bit, I came up with with Tailend. I think there are some other tools that are similar, which which is basically a tool where you can uh, drag and drop and click your data pipelines together, which was fine for some time because um, because with that you could pretty quickly when you learn the the language of the tool you can pretty quickly build a pipeline. Um, but it, it was a mess to run this as a server. And at some point we realized that it was just not flexible enough. It was like limiting us in what we wanted to do. It was like nice and visual and fast in what it could do. But what it, whenever we wanted to go like across its boundaries, yeah. that, was, that was a real problem. Um, and one of those boundaries was basically um, parametrizing uh, like pipelines. So I build a pipeline that brings me from one data source um, data into the data warehouse. Now I have basically just another table in the same data source. I basically want the same pipeline, just use different names in the whole thing. I would have to copy the pipeline and change the names manually step by step by step by step. And that is just not scalable with such a big data model that we had. So at some point I said, I, I, I need something much more flexible. I know coding. Um, I guess we're we're better off just coding the stuff ourselves. Uh, Ruby was the language uh, that we wrote all our backend in. So I said, let's let's go with the language that uh, that our developers know best because then they can support me sometimes. So we we went for for our second approach, which was just building raw pipeline directly in Ruby. Um, which brought us much faster results. And I think that was pretty fine. Uh, it was also growing quickly, but there was so much tooling around that that we were missing. Like we had we had a pipeline, part of that pipeline is still running now. Like it's it really served us well, but um, we basically had no reporting, no monitoring on the whole pipeline. We had, um, Sometimes there were failures and in the pipeline and we always had to search through all the code where, where it is. Um, testing on data is pretty hard. So, so all that grew and grew and grew and it became more and more unflexible. And at some point also it didn't scale so well anymore when the, when the amount of data became just bigger. And um, that's when uh, luckily Airflow came around and Airflow is a really, really nice piece of open source software, um, which basically gave us exactly what we, what we are still lacking. So with Airflow, you can still um, build your pipelines in graphs. So you basically five steps behind each other and say, this, this, this task is dependent on that one. When that one finished, you can run the next one. Um, so you can, can uh, modular, modularize that quite nicely. Airflow also uh, is visual, so um, it gives you a nice reporting, but it's not visual in the in the sense that the Tailend tool in the beginning in the beginning was. 
because you um, you define all your workflows still in code. So all the workflow itself is still written in code this time in Python, which is also nicer because it's basically Z data language. Um, but all the reporting and the controlling of the airflow uh, of the of the whole pipeline then is is visual. So you can just uh, stop somewhere, click into one step and see the log log file of that step right away and see what went wrong, what went right. Uh, run it again, pause something like it's it's super powerful and we are we are really really happy with airflow now um and i i also heard from some colleagues just just a few days ago um in our round table that they actually went the same road and also go with airflow now so i think right now it's the tool to go yeah i definitely see it being <clears throat> extremely popular requests are coming in for people saying oh, cool clients that we need airflow guys yeah. airflow is airflow is becoming a must yeah um whereas I suppose you know sql python would generally be your musts for yeah. a data engineer but yes, now definitely. uh no yeah it's, it's it's completely changing it yeah also like when when um comparing to what would i have done if i knew all that at the start well i think airflow was not around at the start so uh we, we couldn't go with that right away or i think it was at, le at least not mature enough. Yeah. Um, so I would have started with the coding approach right away, but I would have done it right away in Python because Python is, is just a great language for data. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the data science language of love. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. Um, I suppose, what, what do you have internally or, or what sort of KPIs do you have for data? <laughs> so for, for referral programs, I mean, um, there are basically two main numbers that you're interested in. The one is, of course, the number of referrals that you generate. Yeah. Um, which depends a lot on how much visibility a partner actually directs to our portal. So when, when they basically tell nobody that there's a referral portal, then the program won't work. Yeah. But uh, we, we want to evaluate for them how many referrals do they get of all the traffic that they send to the portal. Also, does maybe different touch points that we have, like maybe a newsletter sending people to the to the portal or the, the big fat header on their homepage telling about the referral portal, which works better. That's one thing that we that we want to track. And then of course the other thing is how many how many sales do we actually generate out of those referrals? Like do they work, do they not work? And uh, that's that's super interesting to see because it's totally different for every partner it's totally different by industry um, it depends a lot on the price of the product that that they are offering so high priced products of course generate far less sales but they give them way higher rewards yeah um, whereas low priced products as in don't know food delivery rewards are just just a few couple of cents yeah, so yeah. that's interesting it's also very interesting to see um which options the people choose do they do they give their whole reward to to the guy who does the conversion do they say okay let's share it or do they rather keep it all for themselves that's a decision they can they can do for themselves and sharing is our favorite option because because it also shows the guy who follows the link that there's a referral program involved 
and that he could actually do the same that yeah. he actually could also say hey i i earned something by following a referral from some friend and i'm happy with the product so uh hey you could do that too yeah. you know that is that is building those chains of referrals that's actually the real power and that's what we want to evaluate but um evaluating the data department is super hard because we are basically servicing the rest of the company so there's there's not a product that is ours that can be evaluated but there's like just the database okay we could measure how big the database is but that doesn't tell us anything about how good we do so um that's that's really very difficult for some departments very easy for others for a product department we can just count how many bucks have you know and then that's kind of quality measure yeah. or we can we can just measure how many partners use use the portal how, how the load time of the whole thing those things technical technical kpis um, generic counts of how many people make it through our portal is it like is it user friendly all those questions we try to we try to answer with kpis um, we do a lot of a b testing with uh, with our product so we play out uh, two different versions of the same thing 50% of the users see the see the one thing 50% of the users see the other thing we try to evaluate which works better maybe sometimes only for certain partners um, yeah. i would say on the on the kpi side there's there's a lot of stuff you can do but one learning that we had with it is like don't don't go with too many kpis because at at some point People mix them up and don't understand the real meaning of some some of them anymore, and start to misinterpret. So stick clear with a with a very small set of very important ones, and all the other numbers keep them keep them in your department and just just gives them on occasion when 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 you really look deep into one topic, then you can of course give out a few more numbers, but don't do it on a regular basis. On a regular basis, always go with a very slim reporting that everybody understands in the same way in the company. Thomas, that's going to wrap us up for today. Um, you're listening to the AI in Action podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kelly. Today's guest was Thomas Carba from Aclamio. Thomas, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It was a pleasure, really. AI in Action is brought to you by Aulus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulus offer an exec search program. Aulus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. For more information, contact mark at aulus.com. Get the Aulus advantage. Become a member of the Aulus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all its members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. Com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.